Today's date is August 14th, 2021, Saturday, August 14th, 2021, coming to you live from Iquitos, Peru, for the second time. It's Randy Reed, your host of the Aquarius Podcast, and none other than Master Breeder, Master Chef, Bridgestone Star, not Michelin Star, but Bridgestone Star Chef. <laughs> That'd probably still be a good rating. Dean Tweedell. Yeah, I'm here. We're, we're alive. Off the boat. Post-trip. So post-trip. this is this is going to be a post-trip Randy Dean rap session recap of um, our second time together. Your third time, my yep. second time, uh, collecting on the Amazon River, yep. on the wonderful MF Esperanza, La Bota. With MT Amazon Expeditions. MT Amazon Expeditions. Um we just took up a whole minute doing that. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Before we do that, Dean, we need to throw out a sponsorship. Who is sponsoring this episode of the podcast? Aquarium Co-op. None other than Aquarium None Co-op. None other than the AquariumCoop.com. Dean, would you like to promote a, a product or a service or a, a thing that we do? Or well, they, so... Is it we or they? I guess, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel, know. Sometimes, you know. sometimes when I do the sponsorship, I kind of make it sound like I'm not affiliated, but I obviously clearly am. True. So, uh, so <laughs> what is something that Aquarium Co-op so does? So let's just talk about we sponsored this trip with. This is really good. So we, uh, we have a fish room on the boat where we keep the fish that we kept. We brought down airline tubing. Yeah, it's not just this trip. It's like for as long as those things are good. It'll continue, be good continue, for a while. Yeah. Continue. And I actually, I, I made this order in the system. You did. Yes. Because I made you make it. Mm. Yes. Yes, against my will. You just made it better. So, <laughs> so we brought airline tubing, sponge filters, um, Aquarium Co-op, course, course sponge filters, of course. All of the products that we sent were Aquarium Co-op products. Yes, U- USB... I believe the Air Stones. USB Nano... Uh, I mean, no, there's this never clogs. We, I mean, that's our... Okay. Yeah, that's our... Yep. We, we sell it. It's, so basically, we had the whole fish room is sponsored by Aquarium Co-op on the boat, and it worked fantastically. I don't think... We lost but a few fish. You always leave it, lose a few fish mm-hmm. on the boat. I mean, it's just whether we hurt them netting them, um, or they just crashed, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, there's always a few fish that get lost. But I thought this worked very successfully. Yeah. Well, and I, I think the idea is, you know, like with anything with Aquarius, the more simple, reliable, dependable you can make a thing, the more successful you'll be. And that right. will that translates from a fish store to a fish room to um, a mobile fish room on a boat. And even in your home tanks. Yeah, oh, 100%. To be honest, yeah. I mean, so, so yeah, so we're, we're very pleased with that. It came out, worked really well. Uh, we also sponsored them with shirts, mm-hmm. um, aquarium co op shirts. And um, we had a great time. We had a blast. We had yeah. a blast. So, there you go, folks. If you, uh, if you like the cut of Gene's Gene. <laughs> I'm still, I, it's, I'm still wobbly from the We're boat. We're still moving. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and this is exactly how it was last time. We it tried was. to do a recap episode. And truthfully, <laughs> you still feel like you're moving something? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm in a reclining chair, so I'm kind of wobbling. And it's going side to side. But right? it's also going side to side. Yeah. This chair does not physically move side totally. to side. And I'm in um, a nice, comfy bed, just so you guys get the whole you, total you picture. You are, yep, yep. Uh, last time we did this, we did it from the bed. You should post a picture of this, actually. If I could do a selfie, I would, but I can't do a selfie. Yeah, you can. So you want me to do the selfie? Yeah, absolutely. This is making for fantastic podcast listening. Although, it could be kind of cool, though, like if somebody's actually listening to this as we're rambling, talking about taking the selfie, and then they look and see on your page. Or and my... you, you know what? 
Here we go. Here we go. You know turn what, around. You know what else? Uh, how many? How many listeners? You can actually even show me how to tag Aquarium Podcast on the boat. Well, let's see. Did that turn out? Did that flash? Kind of. I usually have my flash off. Oh yeah, there's some good, there's some good side chin there. All right. Nice. Good and we got her. we got money in the background too. I had to give nice. Dean money for fish, which we can talk about in a little bit too. Yeah, we will. So yeah, if you like the cut of Dean's jib, get jib. I don't even know the saying now. I can't even think. Jib. I've got like Amazon River water. No, that, I don't think that came out right. The you cut gonna... of your shirt. Isn't it the cut of jib? I don't know. You're the kind of Dean's wrong. thing that he does that he does well, right? If you like if you like this podcast, if you like Aquarium Co-op, go to www.aquariumcoop.com. Uh, pick yourself up some USB nano air pumps, some coarse uh, sponge filters that don't float for 17 days. They actually will sink, and that's huge benefit in my opinion. Uh, get yourself some Zis Air Stones. And yeah, uh, pick up all the other goodies. Oh, you know what else we brought that I still think is really cool, and a lot of people find it underrated. Uh, the new aquarium co-op specimen containers. Oh, they are mm. awesome. We were even taking some pictures in them because they're, they're pretty good. They're pretty they're clear. Pretty clear. Pretty, pretty they're strong. Flexi- they're flexible, strong. Um, mm-hmm. They're very similar to others that are on the market, but they have the aquarium co-op logo. They on are top. embossed. They are embossed with the yep. a raised embossing, which I think raised. is actually counter to well, embossing can be raised is inherently raised. It's, yes. Yeah. yeah. Man, people are like, wow, Randy is just not on his game today. Not, th- not that I really am ever, but especially not today. And I did make everyone carry one of those down here in their suitcase. Yes, you not? did. And not a single one of them broke. None, none of them broke. So. And, they all, and, we, and they were all put to use. So Yeah. All right. So there we go. There's the, there's the intro sponsorship. Dean, where do we start? Do we talk collecting? Do we talk anything about the boat? Should we start with today's date of going to the wholesalers? Where, where do you want to take this thing? Well, it all starts with a long, long plane trip. It was a long plane trip. And um, you have to just be kind of mentally prepared for that because, you know, it's, it's 22 hours. Well, let's set, let's set the stage. So from the, from the Pacific Northwest, right. United States, you know, we're pretty, pretty north up there, right? I mean, obviously Alaska, a little bit farther north than us, but we're, we're pretty up there, yeah. right? Yep. In Iquitos, I don't know if you know this, but it's below the equator, right? It's yes. the other, other side of the equator for right. us. So our flight, uh, Seattle to Houston, Texas, Houston, Texas to Lima, Peru, Lima, Peru, back up northeast. Yes, that's correct. To Iquitos, so this is not a direct flight. It's not a you know one connecting flight. It's a it's a couple flights mixed in there, and we have to actually come out of the security secured portion of the Lima airport, right. get our luggage, our checked luggage, and actually have to have it uh, sc- like go through a customs process okay. and then re-enter the airport going through security after rechecking our luggage. So right. um, it's yeah, it's not it's not the easiest thing. Like you know, I know when people go collecting in like Lake Tanganyika, like Pam Chin, for example. Right. Like that is like thirteen flights. Yes. And like. A, a truck ride for nine hours on a bumpy road, right. like those are, yes, I get yeah. that. But this is still also not like, I'm gonna just take that no. one direct flight, so. So we get here, it's about noon when we get here, we're starved, we eat. What do we eat? I don't remember. Oh, it was the place with the pool oh, in the yeah, center yeah, of it, yeah. That's yeah. right. It was the fusion, the. Randy and Corey went swimming at lunchtime. We put our legs in. 
<laughs> we didn't okay. go quite swimming, but yeah. but we did go swimming that afternoon. We did go swimming. Yes, our hotel does was, have a nice pool. That was super, super relaxing. Dean and I got our Olympics on, and uh, yeah. you know, did some did yeah. many many laps. So yeah, so then we're in Iquitos, and and we chose to be an extra day here before we went out on the boat, and I think that just gave you time to wind down from the trip, so to speak, get mm-hmm. all your stuff organized, kind of. Yep. Um, we got to tour the local market and walk around town a bit. The Baleen Market, yeah. And then we headed for the boat the next morning after breakfast. Mm-hmm. How and was then, that? And then we're on the boat. How did you feel about heading for the boat the second time? Uh, it was, it was kind of surreal um, in that I think the most surreal, two, two elements. One, seeing the crew. That you know, was seeing, the best part, I thought. Seeing uh, Segundo, seeing Juan, Juan Luis, seeing Leader, um, and actually the Segundo, I think it was Segundo, Juan Luis, and the new cook, Charlie, the three of them were waiting for us um, like at the very top of the road where it starts to descend yes. towards the boat. Yes. They were waiting right there, and so as we're driving by them in the bus, it's it was like, cool. me amigos! And, and they ran by the bus And the they down. were super excited to see us. Like, we had such a good, we made such a good relationship with them last time, and, you know, th- those are truly, like... I feel like I can say I have friends in Peru. Like those I feel guys. like we made it even better this time. It, it was awesome, yeah. So seeing those guys again, giving them hugs and high fives and you know, using what very limited Spanish I have to, to try and communicate with them, uh, which, you know, shout out to Duolingo, which you know, was yeah. a, a great kind of you know, between-trip resource to help build up my Spanish more than what it was. And uh, great app. So if anybody's looking for something, it's got a cute little owl uh, app icon. I would recommend Duolingo. Um, and then seeing the Esperanza. Yeah. Seeing the boat on the water, because yeah. we have to take the Maikai, the little kind of, we'll call it the speedboat, for lack of a better yeah. word, yeah. Um, to the Maikai. But, you know, you're kind of on the shore, and you just see that, you know, tall, narrow boat that was home for us, you know, two years ago, two and years it's, it's going to be home for us again. Right. And I think it's really surreal because of, you know, I... I don't even want to utter the name COVID in this interview. I'm just, everybody says, oh, be, you know, because of COVID. Everybody talks about COVID in their podcast. But nonetheless, like, you know, it, it almost felt like this was never going to happen again. Yeah, we kind you of know? felt that way. Like, we knew it was going to, but you kind of get this feeling like, oh, man, is it ever going to? Is it ever going is to? Is it ever yeah. going to? Are we really going to do this? Yeah. And, you know, and, and it was a moment of both seeing our, our Peruvian friends and then seeing the boat. It's like, crap, man, we're actually. We're going. We're actually we're here. Yeah. You know, we're going, we're here. And I think that's when you feel like you're here. Once once you get to the boat, you're like, okay, I'm yeah. going collecting. Yeah. And, and you know, I got to be honest, they make it so nice for us. The crew, I mean, the, I will say the crew is well paid compared to a job in Iquitos. Mm-hmm. Um, we take care of them we're, we're very well also. We specifically asked that question, and, and they did confirm that, yes. you know, that the crew relative to the other folks in Iquitos, they're, yeah. you know, they do well. They do well. Yeah. And um, I think between us and the crew, there is a little, there's fun. Oh, <laughs> everything you is know, fun. You there, know, there's fun. I mean, I mean, I take the cook. It's kind of my tradition to take the cook a beer mm-hmm. after dinner every night. Now, I don't drink beer. You might have a few swallows once in a while. Nah, not even that. But no, um, nonetheless. But you know, but you know, the cook might like a beer. Uh, he's been in a relatively small hot kitchen, mm-hmm. making us food all day, and for uh, it's, it's kind of my tradition to take him a beer. I, I want to stop you right there. He's a Peruvian cook from Iquitos. Yes, making food for Western Europeans 
for Americans. What kind of pressure do you think as a, a boat. Co- as a cook for you, as a cook, you know, with you, as a chef, you know, it, it's one thing to, to make something for your friend that right. is used to the same cuisine types, you know, that you were already accustomed to eating and making, but that's got to be another level for him. I actually didn't think about. Well, and, and at the same time, he wants to bring in the Peru influence, mm-hmm. right? So, um, you know, down here, there's not a lot of beef. There's a little bit of chicken. There's a little bit of pork. There's river rat. There's fish. A lot of fish. Tons of fish. Now, from our past experience, we knew which fish we really liked. Yes. And boom. They're like, they're on it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're on it. Don't say um, um, you know, it's the it's the uh, tiger shovel nose. Tiger shovel nose. What's the Peruvian word for that? Don't say a. Why don't I say it? Don't say a. Oh, don't say it. Don't say a. I got it. Oh, <laughs> okay. da, 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 da. don't say. So it. This uh, guy. you know, so we just had to mention that, yeah. and we're having it the next night for dinner. Yeah. Now to clarify, there are um, two incredibly similar looking species of there tiger are. shovel nose. Very much. Don't say a is the slightly smaller version. Different markings, I believe. And if I was really, really good at, at being a podcast host, I would have like that little Amazon Basin guide, and I'd be able to look these up. Yeah. But it's the one that has more vertical, wavy tiger pattern. Right. Where the true tiger shovel nose that they don't call Donsea right. is the 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 like larger, more um, vertical barring. More vertical. I stripes, believe. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. And the head head structure is different on both of right. them as well. But from afar, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's the same fish. But yeah. it, it is actually a different. So yeah. Fish. So he. So you know. So he's in that kitchen, and he's got to be thinking, okay, are these guys going to eat what I'm making? And he's probably the first couple of days. He's probably freaking out about it, because yeah, he's he can cook all sorts of Peruvian food, but you're right. We're Westerners coming down. Are they picky eaters? Are they good eaters? You know, I mean, we ate good. Yeah, I will say, um, very good. Yep. And uh, you know, I mean, we had one person that had a special diet. They just make it mm-hmm. every time. Um, so you don't have to worry about the food. Uh, look at my legs. Not very many bugs either, right? They look tan. No, I was referring to all those little dots on them. For the audience, Dean's legs, as well as mine, are covered in bug bites. Not that bad. They're, they're, I mean, they're pretty bad. No. Our I'm, legs are pretty bad. I've Our, seen, my I, arms are pretty bad. I've seen them worse. But, um, you know, these are things you just have to be, I think, I, I keep saying mentally prepared for. If you're mentally prepared for it, you're going to be fine. Being physically prepared for it, that's where the mud comes in. Um, and, and, you know, I've been to the other, what I, what I consider the other Peruvian trip, Puerto Maldonado, where there's not as much mud. Um, so I can relate the two together. Um, the Amazon trip has, does have a lot more mud that you're trekking through. Uh, but, you know, when you put that net in through the leaf litter the first time, you pull it up, and there's some cool little pencil fish or a pisto or catfish or cory. You're like, this is very cool. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Yeah, getting back in the water too. Yeah. It's like our first time. Like, all right, here we are. We're at our first collecting yeah. site. Which, what, what, what was our first collecting site? Was it a. Um, was it Saney or we, was it Dipnet? Saney, okay. Saney and then Dipnet yeah. later that day. 
So, and sometimes it's both. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes uh, working the same kind of brings everybody together. Yeah. Um, dip netting, you get kind of more spread out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, a lot of times dip netting is easier to do in a pair mm-hmm. um, because a lot of times one of you gets stuck in a place. And yeah. So um, Dip netting tends to be pretty brutal, though. Yes. Because I mean, look at kinda, my head. Yeah, you're going, you know, you're going through the thick of it. Uh, you're kind of walking through the forest to get to, um, you know, a stream or, or something, you know, that's obviously at some point feeding the Amazon unless it's totally dry and, and cut off. In which case, the fish are then caught and are absolutely yeah. going to die going at to some die, point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that ends up being pretty brutal because then, like, that's where you start getting more palm uh, palms. The spiky palms, the spiky palms, and bugs, bugs. And yeah, it just ends yeah. up being, uh, yeah, being it ends up being quite the experience. So on this particular trip, I can remember one dip netting experience that, while it wasn't the most awesome thing, it was very cool. I thought, and I wonder if you have that same memory, or. Okay, it was the Forest of Army Ants. I missed that one. You missed that? Yeah. So Because we can also talk about getting sick while we're down here. <laughs> you can get sick. but So we're walking to a location off of a tributary mm-hmm. to the Amazon. We had gone up the tributary probably about a mile in the boat, parked, ate lunch, and then... It's hard to say, is that a stream coming into the tributary? It's only three feet wide. It's small, right? I mean, it, I think it's all time relative because, right. you know, maybe three months prior, it was, it was, a, it was a, a river coming in. It was into much more, yeah, yeah. It was much more stronger of a stream or small river, if you will. So we're trekking through the woods, literally just, you know, looking for a location to get down to this stream where we felt that we could um, collect fish. Because mm-hmm. a lot of it, some of it's inaccessible. I mean, literally inaccessible. And as we're trekking through, we all of a sudden come across army ants. For about the next, let's say, 50 yards, they were so bloody thick, if you stopped, they're walking up your legs. Oh, my goodness. Did you get footage of that? I got as best of footage as I could. Oh, my goodness. Because it's also under the canopy, so it's a little darker in there. We didn't have any lights, of course, um, but... It was like, I mean, it was millions and millions and millions of them. And our trusty leader, Devin, finally said, okay, guys, let's walk up a little ways. We'll get out of them. And sure enough, you walk up uh, maybe 20, 20, 30 feet, no army ants. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I remember stopping one time to try to film them, and I'm looking at my legs, and they're already up to my knees. Mm -hmm. And it's not just one, it's hundreds and then you got to brush them off and keep going. Oh my goodness. So that was an experience. Yeah, that's I thought that was yeah, I thought I, it was cool even though it could potentially be dangerous, I think. I don't know. Uh, yeah, if your system doesn't respond well to, yeah. you know, the the ant bites and I, you get yeah. overwhelmed by millions of ants yeah, biting I, you. I don't think I had any bites from yeah. them. But uh, or maybe one or two, I don't mm-hmm. know, but you know, can't be anything yeah. worse than any of the other bites that we got. I at least got to see leafcutter ants again, so that was kind of those cool. were cool yeah. too. I, I mean, I, yeah. So you know, you see things that you not that aren't fish related also. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of it, we get to we finally get to this little creek and we find some really cool little fish. Mm-hmm. We'll say, and this might be 
I mean, a lot of us post to Instagram, Corey does YouTube posts. Everything that we collect doesn't necessarily come home with us. The overwhelming majority of what we collect doesn't, doesn't come home with us. We pick and choose that, but we a lot of times we'll bring stuff back and photograph it and document where they collected it. Yeah, very, very minimal too compared to what we... We know, don't our, overtake anything. No, not at all, yeah. Uh, um, and I mean, you know, and... Well, and it's just the, usually the one specimen that we'll take back to photo. Yeah, only yeah. exactly yeah. only it one. could be, it could be twenty of a river hat. Like we could have in one saying twenty river hatchets. Right. If we haven't if we haven't seen a river hatchet yet, then we will take, take one, one of specimen them and photograph it. Yeah, to photograph it and then put it back. And then it goes back. Yeah. Right. So so from that point of view, you know, I think we're very conscientious of what we're doing, mm-hmm. um, so that we're not. Um, I guess the best word is destroying nature. Too bad. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we did see examples, though, of the local fishermen and their practices. Yes. And what they do, and on the scale of how many of them there are. Yes. And this is, again, like this, I'm not casting any judgment here. They are they are doing what they need to do to, to make a living. To make a living. Put food yeah. on their family's Provide table. For their families. Um, yeah. Their bycatches or what they catch is, you know, what we do is infinitesimal. Right. Compared to that. Right. Like four, four yeah. or five dudes on the Esperanza for one week out of the year is nothing compared to no. the day-to-day fishing practices. And I also think, um, you know, of the, the numbers of fish you... And the number of fish that are even out there that are not getting caught right. is astronomical. I mean, I mean, we could pull the seine to one beach, which would have taken, what, maybe 10 to 20 minutes, let's say, yeah. right? And we could end up in that seine with 20 different species of fish, mm-hmm. all coexisting with each other, and more than one of every one of them. It's, it's incredible, yeah. the amount of fish. Um, I often wonder... And when we say in the beach, we're talking about like we're seining 0.5% of a beach. Not even... Not of even, like the accessible... I'd say less than Of 0.5%. like the accessible part of a beach we are saying less than like half a percent right. of the beach so like right. this is like this is yeah this is nothing it's minuscule yeah. minuscule compared to what's here and then and then a lot of i got well we know a lot of those little streams are just going to dry up those fish are going to die I, I took Corey actually to one of the spots where you guys were saying and you were getting some quarries i took him over to where there were some dried pools mm-hmm. and sure enough you move a couple leaves and there's already dead tetras on top yeah and then underneath the leaves you see movement and it's a couple it's a couple mm-hmm. wolfish. wolfish it's a couple porthole cats that are just burrowing down trying to get into water and stay in water right and guess what like the water only gets lower right, right? there's no tidal fluctuation there's the water's no the water's not coming back to save these guys no no. And it's about a day or two until all of that water is dried up, right? And some egrets come and have a lunch. Yeah. So, so now that we've talked about all the morbid stuff, let's <laughs> talk about some of the fun. <laughs> well, it's you know it's it, it's fascinating and it's um, it's a part of nature and it's learning, it's science, it's being out there and um, you know being in the field, especially as an aquarist, right? Like you are. You know, this is like high school biology just taken to the absolute max. Like you're jumping into the textbook, right? Right. You're jumping, like you're going from your fish store where you're seeing this little fish in the tank. So taking a pistogramma, for example, right. right? 
you seen a pistogramma in a 20 high at aquarium co-op with a coconut shell in beautiful pristine water with some you know crushed coral substrate or like whatever it is, whatever right? It is, right. Um, and you're like, oh man, that's a great home for a pistogramma. When you actually go to the Amazon and you see where pistogrammas live, it's like somebody took it's like somebody took um, uh, a, a million hefty bags full of leaf litter from the fall and threw it in the smallest creek imaginable, right. let it all soak up where there's only about an inch of water flowing on top, that's where pistogrammas live. Right. That's one of the places where one pistogrammas yep. live. So when you dip your dip net in there and you get nothing but leaves in there, guess what? You're also getting rivulus, you're getting, you're getting a pistogrammas, you're getting a nine inch wolfish right. that's, in that, that's in that leaf litter. So you know, it, it, it takes away this like, you know, this, this, I don't wanna say romanticism, but it, it takes away this idea of what, where we think fish come from and it says, no, this is actually where they come from. Right. You this, know? Is, this is where they come from. And then you, you, and then you take that, and when you're down here, you just you, you see the enormity. Well, you don't even see the enormity, but you start to feel and try to get a sense of the enormity of the Amazon yeah. River Basin. Yeah. It's, like where we are, like outside of Iquitos, it's enormous. I've never seen something so big. And, and this trip, we actually didn't even, I don't even think we motored as far as we did no, two we years didn't. ago. We didn't. We zoomed back and forth past Iquitos a couple times. Yep. Like as the crow flies, we did not really go that far. We like we didn't even scratch the surface no. of the Amazon River. In fact, remember at dinner I was asking if we wanted to go. Now I say that, and it's still an amazing trip. Continue, Dean. Yeah, I was going to say we. I, I was talking to them at dinner, and asked if we wanted to go further away, and he's like, "Well, it could be two weeks, fourteen, you know, or fourteen days." upriver and uh, might happen someday. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if you think about it, we're 2,300 miles from the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean. And, and I don't know how much further it goes up, but I'm gonna guess maybe another 1,000 miles. Don't really know for sure. Someone can Google that probably and find out. But the tributaries go way up all the way into the Andes. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of this little pinpoint in the middle of all that, if you think about it. You can't even see the pinpoint. You can't. You can't even see. Like, where we, like, what, like the scope of our footprint in this Amazon and like what we're touching is like not even a pinprick. It's, it's not even yeah. a raindrop in a thunderstorm, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. And I really like, you know, as you and I talk about it right now in this moment, is kind of the first time that I am kind of thinking about it more in this scale. And it yeah. is even more like, oh my God, yeah. like this is... This thing is a beast. How much, how much more undiscovered stuff is out there? I bet there's... How much more stuff is out there beyond the range of the boats that the, exp the, uh, of the fishermen that actually catch the ornamental fish? Right. What's beyond their range, right? I bet there's... That's a good question. I bet there's hundreds of undiscovered species. What is the farthest that the collectors for the exporters here in Iquitos that they actually go? Will they ever do multi-day trips? Or are they just kind of like, eh, we go like three hours out and that's about good enough? Well, okay, so we know that the Pleco people will do multi-day trips. Mm, okay. Okay, we know that. But Plecos will survive that. Yeah. Will Apistos survive that? We, we don't know that. Yeah. Um, I mean, we zip, zigged and zagged for almost two days looking for... Puffers. We can't spoil. We, we're not going to spoil anything about puffers. And, you know, it was like... 
Uh, at least people know they are hard to find. They are hard it, to find. It was insane. I mean, yeah. we're waist deep in mud. We're on sandy beaches. Mm-hmm. What can I say? We zigged and zagged a lot for that. We yeah we and we we, we also did the same for neon tetras. We never found one. Mm. Yet we know there's billions of them here. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know it's just like. What yeah. can you say? There's well, just, there's it, so much here, and we, we did have the kind of the prioritization of you know a little he, bit. Well, like we we know what species are here, right? Yeah. Um, what do we want to collect, right? Like yeah. we didn't want to go after wolfish, right? So we're not you know we're not targeting these kinds of fish, right. but it's you know it's Jurapari, it's um, the, the Biotidoma cupido. Did we know we want those, or was that no, one that record, was on the fly? Okay, on the fly, Corey's like, oh, yeah, yeah, those are awesome. Yeah, let's get those. The, the couple varieties of Corey's we found, one of them I did want from a yeah. previous trip. And um, Did you see them on that beach schooling? How yeah, you kind of have like this eddy. You kind of had this little sandbar. The little ripples. That created the little pool, mm-hmm. right? And you had that every 20 feet. Right. And right where the, I hope eddy is the right term, but right where the eddy was and the pool formed, yep. there was a little bit more calm water. Yep. And this is only about a foot out there, right? right? And maybe like nine inches deep of water, you would just have a school of two, three hundred uh, corridors. Right. And that right. was one of the coolest things I think I saw on the and, trip. And, you and, know, and that would happen every eddy. Every eddy. It there would was happen. a different little school or a different little group right. of corridors. It was amazing. And, and when you're talking about a school of two or three hundred, I bet it's more like, could be up to a thousand. Oh, my counting's and terrible. Easily, probably. You know. yeah. I, always um, under, I always underestimate when people are like, oh, there's you know a thousand fish there, I'm like, really? Yeah, really? It doesn't really? look like a thousand to me. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of the same way, but but from past experience, I know that for sure they catch you know lots of them. Mm-hmm. But I will say, if you guys don't watch the co-op channel, you should. But we tried to get underwater footage. Why can't we get good underwater footage? Because the water is so turbulent. Not turbulent in terms of like, that's not the right word, is it? Is it turbidity? Turbidity. Yeah. That's the right word. A lot of sediment. A lot of sediment floating around the water. We could not see more than six inches in front of the camera. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, Just like my, my lake back home. Same yeah. thing. Put your hand in the water. And you don't see it. Yeah. yeah. So don't expect that, but expect some lots of other cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we did have... One little storm. We did, yeah, yeah. We motored through that thing. That was. What, what about the the night of lightning? I feel like I was sick that night. Oh, you were. It was yeah. incredible. Yeah. So we were getting. Um, I and, think. And, and sick. Just to clarify, sick is like just yeah. normal travelers. Kind of, you know, your bi- your gut biome is not used to the area yeah. that you're traveling in. And I mean, Corey's talked about this quite a bit, and he's been very candid. Yes. On his experiences yeah. with it in Peru. You know, you, you get a little traveler's diary every once in a while, and you kind of get, you know, you get uh, bed-stricken. And, um, you know, so for me, I was able to collect Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Um, Wednesday started to come down, feel a little, yep. a little Wednesday queasy. afternoon. So I still collected all That's day right. Wednesday. That's right. And then Thursday was just my lights-out day. Yeah. Thursday was just me in my bed and occasionally my Kindle. Yep. And just that was it. Uh, pop my antibacterial or my uh, antibiotic yeah. and... Now I'm feeling much, much better on Saturday. So. And usually you can, if you feel it coming, you can usually make it so it only lasts a day. Yeah. And I think everyone on the trip 
headed for a day at some point. Yeah, it's that's kind of par for the course. It's just how it normally is. Yeah. yeah so. And I was able to collect Friday. So. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. But I think I, I did miss that uh, the lightning storm though. That was just I think that was like it was Wednesday like, night. I think they called it heat lightning. So it kind of comes up. Oh. But it's not like you know the shatters. It's like. Oh, that's cool. It's really cool. It lit the whole sky. Dang. Right. And no thunder. Missed that. It was too far away. Yeah. So. I got to do a lot of birding, though. <laughs> you did. I have too many photos now to go through. and You're going to have to be editing those for a month. Yeah. I mean, luckily, though, most of it is just for me, for identification's sake. So they're not like, you know, I'm by no means a National Geographic, you know, Cornell photographer or anything for, for birding or ornithology. But um, I think I might have got a couple cool shots of, you know, a, a, a flock. Yes. Flock of like uh, 25, 30 of the mm-hmm. white-winged parakeets or something. And Those were cool. I mean. They're how, all cool. How awesome is that? They're, They're just cool. squawking, yeah. flying around. Um, so I think I got a, a good shot of them with some, with some decent lighting. Yeah. Um, I will say we did see one monkey. <laughs> Back here in town? Yeah. We did see the one monkey. Yeah. 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 That's uh, a, we that... did catch a turtle, which we um, is going to one of the crew members' Personal ponds. Mm-hmm. Thought that was cool. Um, first trip down here, we had caught a Matamata turtle. Or Matamata. Oh, your first, oh, your first the, trip My down very here. first trip oh, down. Okay. And that we had to release. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think it's protected even down here. Mm. Uh, but we got, you know, we, we got to have it for a day or so, so. I think sometimes that, is that the one that sometimes shows up in the market when it's not supposed yes. to? Yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's got it's got to have papers, I think. Um, what else would people want to know about the trip? <sighs> what else would people want to know about the trip, Dean? Um, what are you bringing home, Dean? So let's see if I can remember everything. <laughs> I, I know at least festivums. Okay. Why am I bringing home festivums? I have no idea. So I've. Three trips to the river. Well, this, okay. This, they're a cool fish. Beyond cool. that, I have no idea. Continue. So my first trip down, my number one fish to bring back was discus. I brought them back. And two years later, oh, okay, so of those discus, I only ended up with five. I started with seven. Wholesaler only shipped five. And I ended up with a pair, and I have... F1s that are now spawning at home. I'm the type of person that if I get fish, I want to breed them. That's just kind of my what? nature. So. Master Breeder Dean wants to breed yeah. fish. <laughs> so I had seen Festivums the first time, you know, um, and uh, thought, well, maybe I should take them. Didn't take them. Next trip down with uh, Corey, Aquarium Co-op Corey, and Randy. And your boy. Come on. And, the, and my Come boy. Come on. Don't forget yeah. Whom I'm bunking with this time, but we do have separate beds, Room, thankfully. No, we don't. We have one giant queen. No, bed. we have separate about? beds. Don't don't even. We have go an Aquitos queen. What are you talking about? Um, so, <laughs> I we We're caught fe- head to toe. We caught festivals again. <laughs> You're so it's bad. On a, on a shoestring budget, man. Come on, we can't spring for two queen beds. And I couldn't bring myself to take them. And if you think of okay, what is a festivum? It seems like it's a cross between an angel and a discus. Mm-hmm live in the same environment. Sometimes they live side by side. I couldn't take them. If you don't time. know what a festival is right now, folks, and you're not driving, 
You Look may pull up. up Google Images. And you'll find it. And go. Go, Dean. So this time down, I'm like, okay, uh, what do I want to take back? Now, I'm going to preface that with don't come down with an expectation except to have fun. Because if you come down with the expectation that, okay, that's what I want to collect, you ain't going to get it. It's going to, it's, Mother Nature is going to say, no. Can I draw a parallel? Yes. It's like sport fishing and thinking that what you catch will somehow monetarily make up for your expenses into the sport. Right. So say tuna or salmon are a good example. Right. I think I'm going to catch enough tuna and salmon to offset the cost of all the gear and all the things. Don't do it for that. Don't do it for that. That is the worst reason to come down here. Yeah. In my opinion. Was that an okay parallel? Was that was that a good parallel, okay. actually. Okay, okay. So, so this time I'm like, the first day we caught festivums, they're like, Dean, are you going to take these? I'm like, no. Second day we caught some. Dean, are you going to take these? No. Third day we caught some. Okay, I'm taking them. You know, so that's kind of how it happened. I would like to think that you and I talked about it, and I said, Dean, you should just take them home. I know. And that, that's... If every yeah. time you come down here, you think you want to take them and you never do, and we're now down here a third time. There's a reason I should be taking them. There there's clearly is. Because so, we're going to play this game next time. I have not spawned festivals before, mm-hmm. and I've done the Angels, I've done the Discus, uh, I've done the Epistos. Mm-hmm. Um, long time ago, I've done some of the Tetras, but Tetras nowadays maybe aren't even worth spawning since they're so prolific in the hobby. Um, unless you're just doing it for BAP points. They're prolific, but they're not because of the supply chain disruption? Only right now. Yeah. Assuming things yeah. get better. Things will get better. Things will get better, people. Things will Trust get better. Me. Things yeah. are better. If you're listening to this in the future and things have gotten better, then there you go. You know they did. Yeah. Things are better now. So, yeah, so I'm bringing back festivums. I'm bringing back... Um, well, let me say, so the other cool thing about these festivums is we, we found them at several locations, and it was often... Actually, we found them in both locations where we would stay in a beach. Yes. And we would also uh, dip net. Dip net, right. And uh, there was one location that um, was kind of like this... God, I don't even know, like the proper um, river ge- geolo- geographic term, but um, it's like just a, like an elbow of a river. Right. right, it's like the elbow of the stream. That there's very slow water. Right, there was a ton of vegetation. Very That's like right. very like water hyacinth, but mixed in with like this horizontally growing grass. bamboo. Yeah, it was like horizontal growing bamboo. Yeah. It was very. I mean, I'm somebody who probably knows what we're talking about, but nonetheless, like this, just covering the surface of the water of the very slow. We're waist deep in the water. I don't want to say stagnant, but it was warm. There wasn't a, was, there wasn't a current. If we would have gone all the way into the beach, mm-hmm. we would have hit the stagnant. And it was also like a mass collection point for bottles and styrofoam. That's so true. kind of one of the one of the tragic realities of what you see down here. Yeah. Um, and so you know you're just basically taking your dip net, your hashtag or hashtag free plug Jonah's dip net, the perfect dip net. Yeah, that so is you, a good dip net. Too. So you take this bad boy and you go underneath. And I'm actually physically doing the motion. Yes, right I now. can't believe you're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you do it. You're going. It's probably I probably have malaria or something. I'm probably getting delirious. Um, you take your dip net underneath. These, these plants, and um, in this slower moving water with all this vegetation and cover, every one of those pools, we were getting tiny um, banded headstanders. Yes. We were getting those, 
and we were getting Festivums yes. that were as small as like a penny. Right, and baby that's the size for shipping. Baby yeah. festivums. Now, when you say in a beach, we would get the normal size. Like I would say, a normal size is like a large silver dollar size. Yes, you know, like a large silver dollar coin, um, and that was seemed to be kind of like the standard model. But here, though, I mean, we were just getting a ton of these small penny, dime, nickel, quarter size festivums, right. and it was it was actually really cool. Is that also where we got the the Smaller leperinus, yes, yeah, yeah the banded yeah, head, yeah, head, the head banded, yeah, yep, yep, yeah. the leperinus. So yeah, that was a cool location. I mean, it was warm. I mean, we were, and it wasn't. It was a little muddy. Super muddy. It wasn't though. super muddy. It, but it, it was, was walkable. It was about six inches of mud, yeah, and then you hit some yeah. hard pack. And you always wonder what's on my ankle down there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, it's am I going to step on that fallen thorny palm? Oh. That's been down there for about three years now, covered in mud or however long it's been. And the been. thorns are petrified, and they and, go in and, and they the don't come out. And the thorns are still sharp. Now, we did see the crew members, a couple of them got the thorns. They did. Because a lot of times they yep. go out in their bare feet. Yep. And, you know, they basically have to stop, yeah. um, pull them out, sometimes sometimes go to shore and pull Do them out. Do I still out. have mine? Oh, sorry. Hitting my yeah. microphone, guys. Um, right on my right foot, kind of below my big toe, I am almost positive that it had, it had to have been like a pim load or something, but I definitely stepped on one, got stabbed, drew blood. That was awesome. I got a catfish blade on the back of my left ankle. <laughs> yes, you did. And that, you weren't even in the water. I wasn't. Oh, my goodness. That yeah, hurt. That was, uh, that was pretty brutal. All right, Festive yeah. Homes, what else are you bringing home, Dean? I'm bringing two different types of quarries. Okay. Uh, I don't know what the one type is, but it looks cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll identify it when we get home probably. The and yeah. the other one is the CW one twenty three, the yellowfin quarries. Okay, that okay. Yeah, so there are people out there that have seen those before. Mm-hmm. They're interested in them. Um, hopefully, last time I brought them, I did not get them to spawn. Um, maybe it's a numbers thing. I don't know. It just didn't happen. Uh, hoping to this time. Well, they say we say it's an elegance type of quarry. I think yeah, that is in the elegance family, and the other is in the. Wouldn't they say like anti-personata or something, something like that? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool looking fish though. Yeah. Um, there was something else I was bringing home. What else are you bringing home? I guess it'll just have to be a surprise. I mean, it's nothing illegal. Nothing illegal. Yeah. Um, can you even remember? Can you, you know, remember? Are you drawing a blade or do you want to keep it a secret? It's been so long since we bagged the fish. You're getting some coral right. pencil fish, right? I did. No, those we could not collect. Yes. So um, could not or did not. We could not because it's too far up. Ah, yeah. And I was told that before the trip, we could either go for pencil fish or we could go for these other fish that we were looking for. And uh, Nan- Nanostoma Morton Halleri. Yes. Yeah. Nanostoma. So Nanostoma. I knew that we could get them at the exporter, mm-hmm. and there would be no point for us to drive just for those. Yeah. The the boat, not not drive, cruise, whatever you call it. What do you do? I think boat? it is drive. Oh, speaking of driving the boat, <laughs> Randy here drove the boat. I, for how long did you drive? Uh, Juan Luis let me drive for quite a while. Pretty, pretty good time. Yeah, nice. I did not beach. I did not you beach did not the beach Esperanza. You, you did not hit a log. I did not hit a log. I did not hit a fisherman's net. Um, I did not hit things. another boat. And yeah, like, probably the most nerve wracking is the number of fishermen nets that are out there. There's, There's bazillions of them. There are a ton. And a lot of them are marked by floating water bottles. 
floating water bottles, pieces of styrofoam, um, yeah, kind of anything that will float. They will tie to the net. And, Sometimes just uh, a thin yeah. stick in the water. Sticks in the water, yeah. Yeah. Driving the boat was sweet, though. That was pretty cool. I knew you'd have fun doing that. Yeah, listening to some uh, Peruvian radio while I was up there in the yep. in the, uh, the cab. In the cabin. The cabin. Yep. Is it the cabin? Is it the cockpit? It is the cabin. Is or, the cabin? Is, or the cockpit. The I think if it's an aircraft. I think if it's a fast boat, it's a cockpit. Ah, okay. I think okay. if it's the boat that we're on, it's a cabin. Because the cabin, there's also sleeping quarters behind True, it. true. the captain never leaves the cabin at night. Mm. He's ready to go all the time. There's probably a nautical sailor like listening to this screaming, yeah. like, it's not called a cabin, yeah, probably you is. buffoons. I'm calling it the cabin. Yeah. It's the cabin. So you got uh, red pencil fish, coral pencil fish. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Does that round up the list for you? I think so. Okay. So yeah. for me, yeah. let's play the Randy. What's Randy bringing oh, home? Oh, what's game? Randy bringing home? Um, Randy's bringing home uh, two types of Cory. Okay. Are we actually, am I getting three? Am I getting some of those? I'll probably give you some of the other ones. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Because we're going to ship them all. Or you might have to hold them all since I'm getting a second type of Cory now. We'll see. Okay, so uh, Corydora, we believe it to be um, Agazizii? Agazizii. Yeah, so some It's ag- at least in that family. At least in that family. And what's special about these is one, we collected them. So the that, ad- that adds a little bit to it. But on top of that, the... Chonky size, big size. They've got a nice chonky size to them, and they have an amazing green sheen to them. Yes, and, and I think I'm that was, certain on those, there's males and females. There's there's definitely some some fat ones. There's definitely know. some fat ones. There's definitely some smaller ones. Yeah. So hopefully, yeah. yeah, we do we do have a nice mix of male females. So bringing home a group of twenty ish mm-hmm. of those, um, I think for me, and then you know if I get some of the. The CW, yep, whatever they are, yeah, whatever those are. We'll figure out what those uh, maybe are. Maybe I'll get some of those. If not, that's okay. Um, and then from the exporters, I'm going to be bringing home some uh, Corydora narcissista, narcissus, 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 something like that. The, the yeah. <laughs> Randy and I are very good at Latin, by the way. Yeah, we're very good at Latin. We're very tired. It feels like the hotel is rocking like the boat. <laughs> yeah. So cut us some slack, you know. Yeah. Hopefully, again, you, the free podcast. Right. Free, free you podcast. Go. You get what you pay for. And what else? <laughs> um, I think that's it for me. That's it. Yeah, I think that's it for me. Just those. Uh, just the two, potentially three we, corridors. We didn't keep any epistos this time, did we? No epistos this time. Yeah, yeah. And, there, and there were no there were no epistos that were really eye catching at the wholesalers. Right. Um, yeah. So basically, you know, folks, if you haven't picked it up so far, uh, we go out, we collect for five days, and we have to work through a wholesaler who is also an exporter right. to get our fish out of country. And whether this is for participants that live in the East Coast or us in, in Seattle, somebody's got to ship us the fish, and so right. that's going to be the wholesaler. Um, the benefit to that is that the wholesaler also sells fish. And yes. so we then get to buy fish right. that are really cool and that we like, that we didn't get to collect. That and, we or might, uh, might have been in a different area. Or that might have been in a completely different area. Yeah. And so uh, these you know, narcissist quarries, we'll just call them that. Or I think I, maybe they call them the long-nosed skunk quarry as well, as I think more that's of a common what I name. Would, that's the common name. So we'll yeah. call them long-nosed skunk quarry. Um, uh, yeah, so the, that looked like a really awesome quarry. They had some nice chunky models there. Yep. Um, so I'll be taking some of those home. But yeah, so you can also supplement what we're catching because we're kind of already paying this fixed cost of mm-hmm. you know shipping fish, right. which is not a cheap proposition. And so hey, if we're already you know doing the fixed effort and the fixed cost 
uh, financially, um, let's go ahead and you know make it worth our while, right? And get some get a couple other fish, and so basically we got to get up to a certain kilo load. They do it by weight, and we can get a price a, and, a break, and, right? Yeah, and then you get the the price that they want to ship. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that and that's always fun because you know you you even at the at the exporter you might see, oh like. I've never seen that fish in an aquarium store. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like the black piranha. They, well, like we saw those. We, can't have those. we saw those last time while we were at the exporters, yeah. and you know, again, even though we've seen them before in person, still seeing them right. is pretty impressive. Right. I mean, these are like paku-sized, massive dinner plates that are what four inches thick in the body, like right. just just huge, beautiful black piranhas. Um, what other kind of cool? Seeing arapimas. Arapimas, yeah, seeing arapimas. And um, that one long fish that I wanted you to stick your hand in the tank. Uh, what do they call that, an electric eel? Uh, pretty yeah, much, No, yeah. thank you. No, I, I, will, I will pass on that. Um, it was about three feet long. And then, so, yeah, you get to see, like, the big novel fish, but then you also get to see a two-foot high, let's, let's, let's call it two-foot high, but it's six by, let's say, ten-foot kind of pool. Yes. And there's... 15,000 Corridora schooling schooling around in, in this thing and you're yeah. just kind of standing back like wow that's pretty cool that is pretty cool seeing yeah. that many Corridora, Corridora in one place yep. swimming around that that is one of my fa- and that's still kind of on my bucket list if I could ever learn to swim with quarries dive is to see that in nature underwater oh uh, like quarry schooling yeah but I mean you wouldn't in this location you wouldn't no. see it you'd probably have to go down into Brazil Hmm. When the water's a little clearer, but I still think that would be cool, just to see them skimming along on the sand. Mm-hmm. I just think that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, we could we probably could have got you in that pool at the exporters. Probably. They'd be like, "What is might this been, guy might, doing?" The exporters, by the way, it was so hot. It would have felt good. Extremely hot, extremely humid. Yeah. So that would have been a good thing. Yeah. I probably would have done it too. Yeah, I mean, you, you take a couple <laughs> factors of you're real close to the equator. It's sunny outside. You're in a tin roof building with skylights. Uh, you've got a bunch of blowers going like crazy, and then you've got a bunch of just open tanked, all, home, all open water yeah. sources evaporating, humidity, heat. Just is pretty intense. And it was before noon, also, yeah. that we were in there. So that place gets cooking. Yeah, gets cooking pretty well. One thing that that's kind of cool is um, I know you did. I did. Two years ago, we visit this artist down in the art market. Ah, yes, right? yes, yes. <coughs> and we both brought something back two years ago. So we decided we would go visit him again, and we're bringing something back this time, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And those would be paintings, folks. Yes. Those would be paintings. So in the, um, Iquitos has this really cool river walk. Yes. And, uh, you know, from the river walk, it's it's very elevated relative to the river, at least right now. Right now. Yep. And even uh, even when the river's high, you're still, high, you're still, still pretty well elevated. Um, but down below, probably, you know, like four flights of stairs, mm-hmm. you go down to this artist village where they sell tourist things like, you know, dried out piranhas with their bellies sprayed red and you know, all sorts of wood carvings, all trinkets, sorts of yeah. trinkets and tourist stuff, right? Yeah. Well, one of the shops, though, is, is a local artist who actually, I think he originates from Colombia. I think so, um, too. His name yeah. is Billy. 
Billy, and yeah. uh, Billy paints. And Billy has all sorts of painting of paintings of the local flora and fauna. He was working on a butterfly painting while we were down there. Um, he's got paintings of a fisherman Parrots. holding a tiger shovel nose, like you know, a couple different styles as well. And uh, this time, I wanted him to do a um, in honor of the the like the Tefe, uh, the Redline Tefe epistogrammas that I just recently got from the co-op. I wanted him to, to do one of those, and so um, sent him the picture via WhatsApp. I think we used. I think so. Um, yeah. yeah. So I sent it to him via WhatsApp. What WhatsApp? I'm sorry. And you know, in five days, he he produced it, and it looks amazing. And Dean had uh, another discus commissioned. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a really kind of a cool, I mean, was. tradition, I guess, we're starting. And, and the thing, yeah, because he remembered us from two years be- before. Yeah, yeah. Um, chances are, had it not been for this uh, global pandemic, we would have been down a year ago. Very well. Chances yeah. are, you know, so, yeah. um, you know, we, we, we'll, we'll get through all that, though. Yeah, yeah, but I'm excited to get this painting home, get it reframed. Um, get it thrown on a, or get it remounted? On a, it, it's a canvas, so it goes on a yeah. stretcher frame, yeah. Okay, back on the stretcher frame, yeah. and then have it mounted in a nice uh, decorative yeah. frame, just like I have my, my discus one that you try to steal out I'm, of the uh, office got, in the I've warehouse got, all the time. I've got the word out in the warehouse. If Randy's not there and leaves the door unlocked, <laughs> it's 100 bucks and it's mine. <laughs> you should also try and snipe that uh, Justin from Ocean Aquarium. There you go. That, uh, that's yeah. a nice... Um, Red neon rainbow, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a nice one. All right, Dean, my man, what do you think? Uh, Fifty three minutes into this beast, how'd we do? Fifty three minutes. Uh, have we done a commercial yet? I think we did do a commercial. You for love the podcast? Your, we love your commercials. Oh, you want to do one for the podcast? Yeah. What should we do for the podcast? I don't know. Most people like don't listen like uh, out, guys. I think out this far. I don't know. If you haven't listened this far, you don't know what you miss. <laughs> Words of wisdom. This is volume. 104. I call them episodes, but okay. Episode, volume, volume, whatever. (laughs) And there are, that means there's 103 more to listen to. You can listen to a podcast while you're changing water, while you're cooking dinner, while you're driving across country. Unlike (laughs) a YouTube video, you have to watch the video, the podcast you can listen to and be entertained. And you can even listen to them, can, I believe. Now, here's technology oh for Oh, boy. Me. What are you doing, Dean? Can you put them on your phone, and when you're out of radio range or, or what do you call it, Wi-Fi range, uh-huh. you can have them on your phone and listen to them? Yeah, if you have it downloaded. Sure. See, awesome. Yeah. See, guys, so you could do all of that, and Randy will be happy. You know what I need to do? I need to say, I haven't done this in a while. If you listen to the Aquarius podcast, you need to go to... Apple iTunes, you need to leave a review for the podcast, give it five stars. Good idea. Give it, give it a, a rating, say, Dean sent me, Master Beater Dean sent me, five stars. Yeah. Greatest freshwater fish podcast that there possibly is out there. So why don't you go ahead and do that. Head on over to the YouTube channel, subscribe. I, pay, I post a video like once every decade. So I don't know, just do that thing if you want. I post one every time they come over to my house. <laughs> post what, a video? Well, they post it, but oh, yeah, then I just yeah. post a link to it. Yeah, got to fire up so. your Dean's Fish Room YouTube channel. Yep, you probably have you probably have so many subscribers to that thing, and you've got no videos. You don't. People know. are just anxiously awaiting. I know. They're just waiting sorry, for you people. to post something up. I'm just so old. This is true. You know, I got a hole in the head. He does. In He's my been, head right now. Dean's been whacking his head on everything he can find. But actually, I've had a hat <laughs> on every time I whack my head. 
Um, yeah. I think that actually is true in the Maikai, the, the small kind of go-fast boat yes. you did. You were wearing the GoPro hat. I was protecting the GoPro, and I used my head in place of it. I don't even know how that's even possible. I just tipped my head down. And, oh, okay. It just hurts. Okay. It's going to be fine, though. I will recover from this. The bug bites will go away. Yeah. The fish will all breed for us, we hope. Yes. Or at least they will for me. We need to have a salutation of like, may your fish always breed. May your eggs be fertile and may your brine shrimp hatcher be full. There you go. <laughs> that's there the, you go. That's the, that's the, we'll work on that. The sign off. But I will say though, MT Amazon Expeditions, um, just, I, I can't rave about coming down here enough. Like if you're going to do a collecting trip, especially if it's your first one. They're the ones to go with. I mean, this is by far, like there, I don't think any collecting you know, maybe if you go to Florida, right? You stay in maybe. the States. But, like, no collecting is going to be, like, a super, super easy thing to do. Like, right. there's going to be challenges. It's going to be difficult to get to your location. You're going to have long days of travel. Um, but I think Dev and Graham uh, and the, you know, Segundo, Juan Luis, everybody on the boat are making, are doing everything that they possibly can to make sure you have the best possible stay. right you know, while you're in their care. And like these guys work so hard to put you on the fish that you want to. Um, I can't, you know, I can't rave enough. And I'll, I'll have links in this episode show notes to empty Amazon Expeditions so you can reach out and contact Devin if you're interested in get doing it. But um, we have an absolute blast. Yes. Even, even getting sick, even getting stung, even getting stabbed. Whatever. Even Dean trying to headbutt everything he possibly can because he thinks he's like a brawler, just trying to like it metal pull on my head, but you, yeah. you know, that, all of that stuff aside, like we still have an amazing time. Yes. And I can't wait for my own boys to be old enough for me to bring them down here to, to experience this. They would love it. Um, yeah. it's, it's just awesome. So, all right, we just, we just, we're, we're flirting with an hour here. Woo, we are. All right, there we go. Coming at you live from Iquitos on a Saturday night. Dean, sign us off. Get us out of here. Cheers, everybody. We'll see you next time.